It shouldn't have taken all of that long to get toward for him to figure the lights to go out with one season. I mean, one month left of the season. That took way too long. And it's the coddle factor, the accountability factor. Guys, you know, guys fussing at him, the the, the blame game and all this stuff going on him. The, the wide receivers fussing at him, the, the, the offensive linemen fussing at him about to throw him on the ground. All this stuff. We don't need that. We need somebody that's going to keep it real and keep him honest. That's what it comes down to. So um, I, I appreciate that from Clint Kubiak. So the Saints bring him in here. Hopefully we can get that going because we definitely need that. He said he likes his practices to be very stressful. The simulate game day, not these fantastic, easy ass practices where everybody flowing along. Now he wants to simulate stressful practices because when the game hits, you know, and <laughs> if the game is like, oh, this is a walk in the park compared to what we'd be doing at practice, we'd be getting it in that practice. You see what I'm saying? I agree about that. I like that mentality. Let's make practices stressful on them. Let's make sure that they understand and have the complete game plan. So when they get into the into the actual game, it feels, oh, this ain't so bad. You know, this is a cakewalk compared to what practices are. I love that mentality. I really do. All right. So anyway, let's move on to the next one, fam. This is going to, we're going to hear from John Benton. This is the offensive line coach. Now, it's his time with the Jets, but this is old interviews so that you can get a philosophy or a mind, a mind of what kind of people these are, even hear their words and their voices. But this is Benton. This is the new uh, supposed to be offensive line coach that Clint Kubiak's bring here. Let's hear what he had to say about how to protect against uh, stunts and blitzes. Here we go. All right, y'all, give me just a second. How, how this line kind of had a lot of trouble with twists and stunts, and that seemed to really give this line problems. From a teaching perspective, what, what are the keys for you, you know, when you're teaching guys how to deal with that? What, what is sort of the main teaching points for, for guys who've never played offensive line in the NFL and, and haven't had to face that challenge? What, you know, what is it that you, you kind of emphasize when it comes to dealing with the twists and stunts in games that defensive lines do? Oh, there's – there's a lot of particular techniques. I, it's going to, it's going to sound trite, but uh, you know, just time on task is probably as important as anything. And, and uh, not that, not the first time I've been involved in this issue, whether I was directly involved or coming into the situation, you know, from that standpoint, and you address it and, and you go away. It is one of those things, uh, blitzes and line stunts or twists, um, tend to be a thing. If you show a weakness for them, you're going to get a lot more of them. And if you show you handle them well, you don't see hardly any of them. <laughs> and so it's, it's, there's a vicious cycle that goes on there. Um, so it's, it's really just, you know, working those situations, working, making it a high priority. We've tried to do that this spring with as much as we could do and, and uh, we'll continue to do it. You know, they're, you know, very technically sound group. So I, I know they were coached well, um, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, we're just making a point of emphasis and, and hopefully we'll show improvement. And uh, if we do show improvement, it will, like I said, it works, it's by, it can spiral the other way too. And that's, that's my, been my selling point to the old line. <laughs> let's, let's, let's spiral it that way. Cause uh, certainly alleviates a lot of headaches. All right, John Benton fam. Um, just giving you guys some insight and uh, on some of the philosophy of these potential coaches that's coming in uh, to the black and gold building. And it's interesting, man, at so many levels, because 
Uh, and John, thank you, bro, for this comment. He says, should have made the OC move a year ago. Don't want to hear about Carr having to adjust in his first year under Kubiak. No excuses. Exactly. And that's the point. A lot of people have to remember the who that family members, the great Saint Think Tank. We all have to remember the plan when they started this thing three years ago. Remember that. When they came in, the Saints were a team that just missed the playoffs under Sean Payton, right? That was the first year they first, the first year when they first missed Sean Payton. The next year was they ultimately decided to move from that area of the team where they moved into a situation where they have to be able to uh, kind of make things shake and work on a different level in terms of them adding in uh, these Dennis Allen and the rest of these guys into the system where they wouldn't have to uh, keep, move it up and get from the into the playoff window. That's what I'm talking about. So they did all of this type of stuff and to, to keep the playoff window twisting and turning. So in the end, what I'm thinking about is we have to figure out a way to be able to move this thing along. It's supposed to be playoffs soon as he stepped in the door. Right. Jameis Winston thing supposed to be plus when he stepped in the door. That didn't work. The second thing they were supposed to do after that in the second year was to keep it going. They went from doing that to bringing in Derek Carr. There is no growth period here that we're expecting them. You got to hit the ground and go. You got to hit the ground and start running right away. There is no waiting period. And why is it such a a uh, a, a, a mindset in doing that? Why is it such a mindset in doing that? Because it, in the end, what's going on is simple. The Saints have a small window of opportunity to operate in terms of what's going on with, they, with their uh, with their off with their older players. You got Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, you got Tyron Matthew, you got all these older players here, and the Saints need to win right now. That's what it comes down to. So if you're not winning right now, you've defeated the purpose and you're wasting away the window of opportunity you have for this team to go anywhere. There is no time for bull crap, is what I'm trying to say. This is not the Houston Texans where you have the future in front of you. This is not one of these other younger teams where the future is in front of you. No, the Saints are a team that's that is based upon an older talent that is still very productive. Even though Cam had two sacks last year, he had the foot issue, the ankle issue. The Saints are still based on the fact that they have to be able to win right now. And Dennis Allen took the job knowing that they had to win right now. There is no time for nothing else. So I, I, you see the passion in my voice because I will I will continue to remind them of the original timeline, which they themselves said that they knew they had to do. Dennis Allen took the job under pressure. It wasn't a smooth transition, even though Mickey likes to try to spin it uh, like it was. There is no patience factor that's going along with this. Just a window where you have to win and you got to work it. You got to win it right now. So anyway, with that being said, I just have to keep on doing that. We got to keep running. So anyway, let me jump on and get to the next leg of things, man. But we get into Joku, uh, whatever his name is, um, Andrew Joloku, who is going to be the QB coach. Here we go. Y'all put one in the chat if y'all can hear. or Adam Thielen or B.C. Johnson, some of those guys like and want the ball. Being able to work with Kirk now, you know, primarily, how does that help him with, with that perspective? Well, I think it's the familiarity with the position, but also the familiarity with the person mm-hmm. and understanding, you know, what they what they like to do with their releases and, and expecting them to be in a certain window so you're on time with your progression. Um, but understanding how they're put together and how they get to that spot, I think that'll be that'll be beneficial going forward where we can use some of those advantages of, of 
bringing even more familiarity to that room. So, of, of course, we know you've worked with Kirk. I mean, you have to work with Kirk to get your receivers the ball last year. But now working with Kirk a little bit more closely now, or a lot more closely with the quarterback coaching position, how, like, what have you learned about Kirk so far? And what advice has Clint given you uh, about Kirk and how he works? You know, I think the first thing, and I've said this before, but I think the first thing that you got to realize with Kirk is how intelligent of a person he is. Mm -hmm. And you have to make sure that you're on cue every day and you're ready to, to, to bring something to the table to challenge him because he is so intelligent and he's ready to ask questions and he's on point and, you know, to get to this level, that's, that's the type of person you have to be to begin with as a quarterback. And so as a coach that makes you challenge yourself each day, um, to, to come in with, with a certain plan and a certain way to approach each meeting and each practice and each walkthrough, you know, that, that we're going to get better and that we have a plan for him to get better so he can help our offense. All right. So that's the potential QB coach right here. Uh, Andrew Janoku, uh, Janoku, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. And this is some of his philosophy with dealing with Kirk Cousins and how he helped help Kirk Cousins become, you know, a little bit better or a better quarterback period moving forward. So these are the words and actions of some of the new potential guys that ultimately the Saints will uh, make official. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to share that with you guys so you can hear their words and their philosophies on what they're going to do once they get here and kind of work everything through and through with the team. So anyway, Hemisphere says my concern about cars, there has been a lot of OCs that hasn't worked out with car. Gruden is the only coach that can get something out of car. DA will lose his job because of car they're banking everything on car uh to be able to step up and challenge you know on car to step it up to the next level see you don't give a guy 150 million dollars for what he did with the raiders no they want to give him this type of money so that he steps up to the plate and be able to be better than what he was we don't want Derek carr from the raiders we want a better version of him the next level of car if there's a next level in this coach this qb coach janoku and the offensive coordinator, Clint, uh, uh, Clint Kubiak, and the rest of these guys are going to have to step this guy up. They're going to have to dissect his game. But if Andrew Janoku could tap into uh, Derek Carr and get him to kind of get, do away with all of this crap that he does, these, this, it, he, I mean, I mean, he just if he can get him just to see differently, to be able to oversee the field, just to stop the non-fundamental garbage that he does, like just get up there and look over the line learn to make the proper reads. And so far as when you see the blitz packages come make the adjustments, like I've seen film where he'll look at the defense and they're not disguising anything. They're showing blitz. Like they're going to overload the left side of the line. He looks at it, doesn't do anything, gets sacked. So that has to change. You can't behave like that. If you get $150 million, the pressure's on and people are like, oh, why this is that in the third with car? You pay somebody that kind of money. It's a pressure situation. You put them with the New Orleans Saints, a team that's one of the oldest teams in the NFL, and they have a win-now mentality. That's going to be tons of pressure. And if you underperform, get ready for it. I have absolutely no sympathy or empathy for you because you knew what you was doing when you got involved in this. You knew what time this was not going to be a situation where you was going to cruise uh, into it. You're going you're gonna to have to fight and earn every bit of the who that nation's respect. We're not giving you nothing. You don't give us nothing. We're not giving you nothing. That's how this transact. So, I mean, he has to step up and show up. 
All right. What's up, KB? Shout out to you. What's up, Professor? Good to see you in the chat, man. All right, Valerie. Shout out to Valerie. I think Clinton Carr will work together. I expect the offense to really improve a lot. I agree. I and listen, if we and we play words from Clint Kubiak before I played these other two offensive uh coaches, the reality is we, you know, with underneath Pete Car- uh, Carmichael's offense, there was no accountability. Pete Carmichael wasn't putting Derek Carr under a microscope. Ronald Curry then wasn't forcing him to do anything. It wasn't, you see what I'm saying? There has to be pressure. And I do, I, I love the idea that Clint Capella brought in here. He said about making practices high stress. He talked about accountability before he talked about anything. That's what we need. We need that. We need somebody that's going to make these guys understand you're going to do this right. And there's only one way to do it. And we're going to do this right. And it's a whole new philosophy that they're going to have to learn and pick up on, you know, so, you know, you got to learn. All right. And that's that's the biggest thing with me when I talk about the Saints and when I come into this 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 this, this space and we start talking about what's going on with the black and gold. That that's the biggest thing with me. The biggest impediment to the Saints' success, offensively speaking, is non-accountability. What do you mean? Now we could talk about mismanagement, which is what they do. I said that. People ask me, Q, why did they fail? I said, because they were mismanaged. What do you mean by that? They were mismanaged because you have people. That's in the upper brass of the team making excuses as opposed to holding people to a higher standard. They got guys not doing their job. The general mismanager, Mickey Loomis, is not doing his job correctly. He's not a real general manager. The part of the term general manager means you're supposed to be managing something. And that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be doing it in the off season. You're supposed to still manage things during the on season. That's the problem. So that has to change which he probably won't right now because nobody above him is holding him to any level of accountability. Where is his boss, which is Dave, Dennis Lucia. Is he doing a, a yearly or uh, evaluations on Mickey Loomis and what he doing? Or he just living, letting Mickey live off the 20 years of rep that he gained over the saints uh, years when Sean Payton was the head coach. You're living off a of rep or we living off of what's current. Janet Jackson said many years ago, what have you done for me lately? That's the mentality that the who that nation rocks with. We respect your contributions. We really do. But we living with that Janet Jackson mentality. What have you done for me lately? And you haven't done a damn thing as opposed to turn out three straight years of non-playoff football and non-accountability. Not no attention to details and a major bullshit coddling mentality that I absolutely despise. And I will continue to attack until they get rid of it or get rid of the people that is doing it because that is an impediment to championship football. You can't have coddled coddling in a $150 million quarterback when he's not doing what he's supposed to do on the field and blaming the people around him as opposed to him and his damn rotten ass backstabby ass head coach. That's what I'm talking about. So anyway, I mean, I tells it like it is man, whether you like it or not. I mean, this is the real deal. That's what we are dealing with here. All right. So anyway, that's what we talking about. I just played some of those guys now. Let's kind of move into, uh, I guess we could kind of go into some of this. And this is uh, right here. This is something that I've seen right here. Shout out to Sigler at Saints uh, Wire. He posted this right here, uh, you know, about the little ticker to just keep everybody updated on, you know, what's going on with the Saints and so far as what we did. Offensive coordinator. Well, right now, you know who that's going to be. That's going to be Clint Kubiak. Uh, the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks is going to be Andrew Janoko. And the offensive line is going to be, uh, John Benton. So we do. <laughs> so 
we got some of these guys already on team. So offensive coordinator is going to be Clint uh, Kubiak. The passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach is going to be Andrew Janoku, who I just got you playing. Tight offensive line coach is going to be John Benton, who is a guy who, which is a very important hire for the Saints because, like I said, the offensive coordinator sets the mentality of the room. He's going to basically be in control of the offense. Dennis Allen's going to sit here, listen, this is for you. I'm going to stay over here. You run this how you see fit, which I absolutely love that because you know, you, you know, your limitations back on out the way, let that happen. So account it, we, we got the talent here and I'm pretty sure when you have a guy like uh, uh, Clint Kubiak, the saints are going to bend over backwards to make sure Kubiak gets what he's supposed to get. And so far as the talent and offensive coaches that he needs to be successful, because guess what? Dennis Allen's job is on the line. This is the third third year for Dennis Allen. And who that nation is not tolerating three straight years. And you, you don't understand the kind of pressure Mickey Loomis got after this year with him keeping uh, Dennis Allen and, and, and how he operated. Could you imagine what another nine playoff year, what it's going to look like? They're not going to tolerate that. We're not going to tolerate that. We're not. We're not going to allow another year of playoff failure under Dennis Allen. It won't, it, you know, this is not going to work. So anyway, that's the great thing about having that. But I actually, Linda, people talk about how to, you know, ask me in the chat about, do I like Clint? Uh, do I like Clint Kubiak? I do. I like Clint Kubiak's father's philosophy. I like uh, a lot of it's the, the coaching roots of it coming out of Kyle, you know, out of Shanahan and then his father, Gary Kubiak. And then when Kyle Shanahan took and blended a lot of different styles, put his signature Look on it like what you've seen happening with the San Francisco 49ers. If Clint Kubiak could take a fraction of that and mix it in with the Saints do, he's going to that that will be special. But a big part of him having that type of success is that he has to take the Saints offensive line. He has to be able to find offensive talent to operate that. Ryan Ramchek is is probably not going to be available next year, bearing the miracle because he's that right knee, that knee issue that he's dealing with is really bad. It's threatening his career going forward. You look at the left tackle position. There is no left tackle. Uh, Andrews Pete played there most of the times last year. He's he's a free agent. The left guard position is spotty at best. So you're going to have to find a left guard. So for them to operate this horizontal, these wide zone uh, blocking schemes and all this kind of stuff that they like to operate and run that, the you know, I love the play action passes, the, all of the pre-snap motion in the wide zone runs. You're going to have to, you're going to need an offensive line that can move and not only move, but an offensive line that can be able to be disciplined and know how to block whoever they block. And remember the Saints last year in many games will pull linemen in, on, uh, on screens or tosses, whatnot, and then they'll get there and don't make no blocks. How does that work? How the guy get there and don't know who to block? I remember there was a time I was studying tape. It infuriated me. They had two offensive linemen that hit an Elvin Kamara. It was a toss or a sweep play out to the left side of the field. Both guys pulled uh, to the right to go out there and make the block. Elvin had two people, two offensive linemen in front of him. In some kind of way, the defender was able to get through both of them linemen and get Elvin Kamara for a minimal stop, a minimal gain. That infuriated me because that's not supposed to happen. So it's a, they're, you know, we're going to have to figure that part because John Benton's going to have to come in and he's going to have to teach these guys this philosophy and they're going to have to find guys to come in here and, and make that work. So they're going to have to get it together. All right. So anyway, fam, 
Uh, let's keep it going here. Let's go to this one right here. Derek Carr responds to the Knights of Chaos float critique. <laughs> y'all, for those who probably didn't see this, man, let me show y'all pictures here. And then this is right here. This is pictures of the float that they... <laughs> You know, you got to love the the who that's, man, down here, man. You got to love them, man, because, listen, this is the float that they made, and they called it uh, 2023 season Red Zone Zombie. (laughs) He's a Red Zone Zombie. He got his arm. One of his his left arm is missing. (laughs) Uh, He all beat up. His face is red. He got green up under his eyes, all kind of stuff going on. But it's really funny, man. You got to love the who that's fourth down and 90 million to go. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something, man. If you were doing what you were supposed to be doing, like the who that nation would appreciate you. We love Drew Brees and the Drew Brees made a ton of mistakes during his career. He really did. But in the end, what, what it basically factors down to is the fact that Drew would stay. He would be the first person in practice and the last one to leave. That's what it happens. He'd be the first dude in, the last one to leave. He'll be in there doing mental work. You see what I'm saying? I promise you Derek Carr don't work hard like Drew Brees did, because if he did, you would see the difference on the field. I guarantee he ain't the first one in or the last one to leave. Man, it shows on the field. And the the defense, and people respected Drew because Drew was at practice, practicing by himself, going through 30 minutes to an hour worth of visual work pretending like he had linemen in front of him. He knew how to prepare. So you're not going to take $150 million from us and we not lamb-based you when you underperform. Get the hell out of here with that. We're not playing that with you. A lot of people say, well, we're going to lay off them. You lay off of them. I'm going to keep on them. But anyway, look at this. Fourth, fourth down, $90 million to go. Look at this one. It's a little close-up view right there. <laughs> he, got, he got rest in peace RIP on the football that he throwing. <laughs> I tell you, man, you gotta love the who that's. Look at him, Coach Dennis. They got a they got a tombstone here. This look, they got two graves graves here. They got two graves here. Coach Dennis Allen, twenty twenty two to question mark, and then they got Mickey. They got two graves for both of them here. And that and if you look to the right here, he go Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis right here standing next to each other, <laughs> looking at their graves. So you got Coach Dennis Allen, 2022, the question mark, and Mickey Gloom and Doom Loomis, 2022, the question mark. So they see the who that's know exactly what they're looking at here. They know exactly who's the problem. They really do, don't they? You know, it's going to be fun. All right, the Father Hole says, uh, Q, I think we gave Carr one more season. We got a real coordinator now if it don't. Yeah, you got to give him more time, bro. It's too soon to talk about packing and shipping them. You got to give them at least another a couple of years with Clint uh, Kubiak there. If he does what he says he's going to do and he sticks to his guns and he perform, he, he says what, you know, in the, some of the interviews he talked about his philosophy and, and moving forward, I think they'll be fine, you know, but anyway, all right. So anyway, like, <laughs> I love that. I right, so anyway, like Mickey, Mickey gloom and doom Loomis. Uh, and you know what? Shout out to one of the family members that came in and said, they called Mickey a, a new name. They said Mickey Dumas. You know, <laughs> Mickey Dumas. I right, hear this. There's some more. And this is the backside of the float car wreck. They got, a, you know, a couple of ghosts going on here. And then they got some guy right here with an Inks jersey on. And he got a bag over his head looking kind of disheveled. And they got car wreck over the top of him. So you can see what kind of <laughs> Ooh, that's, this is, man. 
Oh, boo that. Okay, I see that fan here. They got fan here and they got boo that. All right. I was like, what's going on with the with the ghosts? What's happening here? Well, you got two guys here ready to get buried with open graves. They got open graves ready for them. And they got a bunch of ghosts running on that top here saying boo that. <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny, man. That is too funny. All right. There was another float too, family. They had the a gymnast from LSU on there with during the stretch, he had two money bags in her hand. I thought that was funny, too. I thought that was funny, too. All right, so anyway, with that being said, man, I just wanted to share that with y'all, man. Let me bounce to this article that kind of explains it. Derek Carr responds to Knights of Chaos uh, uh, float stuff. And he in uh, here it is right here. He says, Carr in the Red Zone Zombie featured in the Knights of Chaos Parade, another sign. Uh, red fourth down and nine million dollars. The gold cars tweet right here says, "Can't lie, this depicts exactly what I felt like the first half of the season." So I understand. All right, so here goes some more shots right here. Let me see if I can pull these up for the family members so you can see a frontal. Here it is. That's that's from the opposite side. The front shot of it. The Derek Carr. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, this, what's interesting about it is, uh, hold on, let me see if I got Kat's uh, uh, tweet. I thought I had her stuff up here too. Yeah, here it is right here. And this is what she kind of tweeted at. She kind of uh, retweeted Carr's response. Can't lie, this depicts exactly what I felt like the first half of the season. So I understand. And she added, Carr said recently on the podcast that he had three broken ribs. We played some of that. Two concussions in the back issue and tore the heck out of his shoulder. Clearly he can laugh at himself too. He had to have thick skin when it comes to some of these parades indeed but see a lot of times too is uh we're not gonna pretend like um it's just like it some people believe like it not this is real deal a lot of people now if you are a professional athlete and you could you take a check and you think it's all about the games you shouldn't have took the paper because the people who you're taking the money from in terms of the supporters of the team is going to hold you to that standard so if you perform uh, below standard, you will get lamb based down here. This is not like people think they can come to New Orleans and it, and not get treated like a big market team. Like New York could tear you up. Philadelphia tears you up. New York tears you up. Philadelphia is probably one of the roughest. They'll tear you up if you don't perform. Hell, they got a high standard. Uh, the guy just won a Super Bowl. The other guy just won a Super Bowl. They was trying to get rid of him the next year. Dougie Peterson won a Super Bowl and what, a year or two later he was gone? Them people don't play. You going to you going to win up here or you not going to be here. That's how, that's the standard. The standard is don't play with us. We, we, we demand excellence on this here field. And that's the mentality that we got to have. So if anybody talking all that other stuff, man, pay them no mind. If these guys are here and they, they supposed to, we got a high standard here. Well, let's keep the standard here. We're not playing under that slacky game crap. You're not giving, we're not laying off no Derek Carr when he getting this kind of bread. And we got a window of opportunity to perform. And then if they don't hit the window, you're going to hear them sit up here making excuses. I'm not playing with these guys on that. You go and I'm going to make you remember what you said when you started this whole little program. So anyway, yeah, but that's the thing is. And by the way, just to add preference, this family, the Saints made no mention of none. See, they can, you know, kind of coyly or, you know, flamboyantly or ridiculously mention, oh, yeah, you know, I ain't going to lie. You know, I felt like this half the season. And then, of course, Carr took up to talk about it on the, the thing that he had three broken ribs, two concussions. I had something wrong with my back, too. And I tore the heck out of my shoulder. Not that he just tore. Yeah, I tore a shoulder. I tore the heck out of it. But yet he was out there pumped up full of dope. 
throwing the ball everywhere, throwing interceptions, throwing the ball in the ground, throwing the ball too high. And the Saints, you asked the Saints and Dennis Allen about it. Oh, he's fine. Nothing wrong with him. Remember that they made mention of none of these issues, like especially the broken ribs. They didn't talk about, they didn't say nothing about that until the last week or so of the season when they could use it as an excuse. They lied about it the entire season. They should be fine for it, by the way. But they hid a lot of this. Remember this stuff. They hid a lot of this and lied about it on injury reports the entire year up until the last couple of weeks of the season when they didn't roll it out as an excuse mechanism so that you lay off him. Well, you know he was banged up, RQ. He had three concussions. He had, uh, he had three broken ribs. Well, to be honest with you, I knew the dude had broken ribs. When it happened, we was talking about it. I was like, when he got patted on his shoulder and he bent over in the fetal position, I was like, this dude, something wrong with his ribs. Shout out to Tragic. Tragic was saying the same thing because we, I know what it looks like. <laughs> I know what it looks like. So anyway, just remember that. Just dropping a little science about that and keeping it real about zombie car. All right. So shout out to some of the fans. All right. Anyway, and listen, fam, I'm going to get ready to kind of get out on that. I got a couple of minutes before I wanted to go. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to the guys and talk about some of the stuff in the Super Bowl uh, happening in a couple of hours from now. What's the what's my Super Bowl picks uh, coming into the game? Now, listen, Patrick Mahomes, boys, you know, he's the new Tom Brady. They kind of passed the torch to Tom to 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 uh, Patrick Mahomes, boys. Now, we do realize um, that they're going up against the 49ers. And I think the, the Saints, the who that nation has a vested in a vested interest in this Super Bowl because Clint uh, Kubiak, who's the passing game coordinator for the 49ers, is there and probably when the time comes, you're probably gonna get some more when he becomes the OC officially after the Super Bowl and they announce it. You're gonna see a few more people possibly that he takes in terms of assistant coaches and uh, you know, eventually when free agency hits, maybe a couple of free agents to help run the type of system that he is. That's usually what happens. So we might get a couple of 49ers players, maybe an offensive lineman or two, perhaps a wide receiver there or running, you know, something like that. Perhaps. Hopefully, I don't know where. I, I mean, I, I wonder where uh, Justin Uchek, uh in terms of where he is in his contract, because I often talked about the Saints needing a fullback like Juszczyk. And uh, if he, <laughs> if Clint some kind of way can get him away from the Niners, man, I, I don't think they'll release him or let him go. But that would be really cool to have Juszczyk here because he means a lot to their offense and what they're running. So hopefully we can, Clint could find a running back or fullback rather that's similar to Juszczyk as opposed to a traditional uh, fullback like Adam Prentice that really don't do us no good. I mean, we don't really use Prentice like that. He's just like probably uh, a very mediocre, he's a mediocre fullback. No disrespect to Adam Prentice, you know, because I've seen him play my and I have a high standard for fullbacks I played fullback running back and linebacker in high school and I understand the mentality of fullback fullback you got to destroy what's in front of you not pity pat around with it <laughs> if you got a guy that you're going up against you got to blow that guy out of there blow him out push him I mean decapitate him that's the mentality not pity pat around with him and hold on and stuff like that no you got you got the seek and destroy mentality and uh, I, I would rather want to find somebody that has that type of seek and destroy mentality that hits it viciously and blow up linebackers, defensive backs to give your running back behind you an opportunity to get to the second and perhaps the third level of the defense. And then somebody like an Elvin Kamara would be uh, very instrumental. He would love that to get to the second and third level, Jamal Williams or Kendra Miller. They would love that. 
So that's what I would kind of advocate more for more instead of a, tri- a traditional uh, north south fullback, somebody with some dual usage, perhaps a triple usage. A guy you can use at each back from time to time, a guy that not only plays fullback, they can slide out and become a tight end for you. You know, some versatility there. I remember Coach Peyton brought in the guy from Carolina. I forgot his name. Um, I forgot the brother name. And Sean Peyton didn't have the patience to develop him into his offense. He had the right, right idea of bringing him in, but he didn't stay patient with him. And the guy ultimately ended up leaving, but it was the right call. He just didn't stay patient with him. But outside of that, I'm kind of pushing for the 49ers. I want the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, I would like this be pretty cool to get Clint Kubiak passing game coordinator, get that bowl and bring that energy here to the New Orleans Saints offense. That would be pretty cool. So I'm kind of with that development and knowing all of that, I'm kind of pushing for the 49ers to get this dub, even though, you know, our ugly history with the 49ers from the past. But I'm ultimately kind of leaning toward the 49ers. It'd be cool to see Brock Purdy who's Mr. Irrelevant, beat uh, the uh, established face of the NFL, uh, Patrick Mahone boy. So I, I think that'll be pretty cool. And they got a stellar defense, a running attack. CMC's doing his thing. And, man, could you imagine, family, we can get Elvin Kamara to kind of get that thing going like 49ers got CMC going. So that'll be pretty cool to see all that working, my old man. So that, that's where I probably end up uh, running it to. All right. So shout out to the fam. All right, so uh, that's my call on the fam. I'm thinking I'll rock with the 49ers on here. I love to see them get that energy and bring that to the Saints offensive line group. I Valerie says, I can't stand either team, but if I have to pick, I say the Chiefs win because of their experience. I say 36 to 33 win by field goal, then Andy Reid will retire and Kels will propose LOL. Well, there's a rumor going on, and I don't know if it's official, but I know Jason Kelsey, which is the brother of Travis, uh, retired and I'm thinking that, and the rumor is that both the brothers will retire the same year because Travis has other interests that he wants to do. You see him doing all of these commercials. He's doing a lot of commercials because of his ties to the lady. I, I forgot her name. What's her name? Um, uh, the, the Taylor, Taylor Swift. He has a lot of connections. She got a lot of connections. So this could be movie roles coming. It could be a lot of stuff going on, but since he touched down with her, man, he'd be getting all these opportunities, man. And he taking advantage of it. So uh, power to him, man. You know what I'm saying? All right, Valerie says uh, Mike Allstott was all. Yes, indeed. That's a perfect one right there. Mike Allstott. And one of the greatest, I think probably, you know, we look at Craig Hayward. Craig, I'm my, my favorite. I'm a Saints guy, true and true. Craig Ironhead Hayward is probably. And Craig Hayward, they would give him the ball like a running back. He played fullback. He'd open up the lines. But they would also give him the ball like a running back. And he was damn near unstoppable. You know, you couldn't bring him down, man. He would run over you and keep going. But, yeah, we had some really good fullbacks down here for many years. I like Mike Carney was a good one for us. Uh, we had uh, uh, Heath, uh, Heath, Heath Evans was a pretty good one. I have a lot of really good fullbacks we had during the years down here. Heath Evans, Mike Carney. Um, uh, what was the brother that went to the – oh, Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo Neal was another good one. There's so many of them, man, to talk about that we had down here for so many years. Uh, that were pretty excellent fullbacks for us, man. But uh, yeah, guys like that, man, I really like. All right. So anyway, there you go, Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, bro, that we had quite a few of them, man. I'm just pulling from my brain on some of this stuff. All right. Oh, yeah. Did you, bro? You did. <laughs> did you coin that one? Mickey Dumas? Yeah, I, I kind of look at the Who That Nation. So we on the same accord, man, when it comes down to uh, how they feeling on these trucks or this truck. <laughs> It's pretty funny. 
with zombie car up there and he can laugh all he wants about it. That's all he can't really do about it is laugh. But yeah, you got to make sure. Uh, yeah, he got to step up his production this year. And I'm looking forward to uh, not only him, but Andrew Janoku, Janoku, that's the that's been named the uh, quarterbacks coach, his work with Kirk Cousins and, you know, his stuff. Could he how could he be the QB risper in terms of helping Derek Carr unlock Carr? Is there another level to Derek Carr? I think there is another level to Derek Carr. I think they could be a a better Derek Carr. There is another level. It's the level where he gets, he wins playoff games. There is another level to unlock for Derek Carr. There really is. But is Clint Kubiak, Kubiak the guy for the job? Could he unlock Carr? Because that's what this is all about. You got to unlock the, the, that next level of Derek Carr that puts him in the next rim or the next group of passers in the NFL. Could we get? Could you get them to see the field? Could you get them to read better? Could you get them to, you know, make smarter decisions with the football? You know, that kind of stuff. If they can do that, I think they can unlock Derek Carr because that's what this is about, unlocking Carr, you know, so we can get to the next step, to the next level. All right. So anyway, uh, with that being said, listen, man, I'm about to get on up out of here, man. Y'all enjoy y'all Sunday, man. Um, if y'all get, like I said, man, we're going to, I'm going to pass back. I got several mock drafts. I got two mock drafts that'll be dropping for the Patreon family members coming up. It's supposed to be what today, Sunday. It's going to more than likely it'll be later on today when they be, when they're released, but there are two, uh, mock drafts, really good mock drafts that were done for our Patreon family members. We'll see that uh, Patreon and our YouTube family members that'll be dropping. Uh, I want to say tonight, if not tonight, tomorrow morning. We got two of those that'll be available for you guys, and we'll be we'll come back on Monday and react. Like I said, this past week I took you know I've been on pretty much vacation. <laughs> I've been chilling. So anyway, uh, we'll bounce back, man, and we'll get back to business, man, and do what we do. And uh, listen, man, I'd like to thank all of you guys for stopping by tonight. Please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. By all means, feel free to share the show on your social media feed. The great Saint Thank Tank Sports Coma, we represent the mighty Who That Nation fam. So with that being said, y'all have a fantastic rest of y'all Sunday. I'm going to holler at y'all on the Monday stream. Who that? And I'm out. Yeah. And I'm a who that I'm a who that long as I'm living, I'm a who that lose or winning, I'm a who that sports coma, yeah. This is where we do that. Where we do that, 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 huh? Boogie like this, and I'm a who that I'm a who that sports coma. This is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much to touch down. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you can probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL. When things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a hoot at. Every day I'm living, I'm a hoot at. Lose or winning, I'm a hoot at. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that at. Where we do that at. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that at. Boogie like this, and I'm a hoot at. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that.
Spotlight. Our own media Let's go. network.